0: Oh, it's cracking lovely people. Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, episode 170, where I'm exploring appetite regulation. I'm your host, Matt Gardner, a nutritional therapist specialising in sports nutrition and health span. I also work in digital healthcare as a health coach supporting pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes. I'm a food fanatic and I love a bit of outdoor fizz. Look, if you like the show, please share it with someone. Ultimately, it's the only way the show will grow. And you can also subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, do me a solid and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the show notes. So 33Fuel and I have been working together for over three years, pretty much since the start of the pod. And 33Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. So if you're someone that likes to exercise in the outdoors, you might be into your endurance exercise, your swimming, running, cycling. It's a bit of the off season at the moment for most of you. Then, if you're interested in natural sports nutrition products, get involved. I use a teaspoon, sorry, tablespoon of their greens powder every day. I use their natural energy drink. Uh, just putting four or five tablespoons in water, shaking it up and drinking it before and during my bimbles. So have a gander's, and you can gain ten percent off. By using Mat 10 at checkout so I hope you find something useful okay today it's a short sharp show I'm trying to challenge myself to do uh, these 10 minute quick podcasts that drop into the feed usually if you're a new listener I explore oh, tons of conversations uh, around nutrition uh, physical activity you know movement um, outdoor experiences the guests but i'm sliding in some of these solo shows uh, recording them on a friday as re- i reflect on my week and there are just a combinations of uh, combinations they're, they're a combination of um, some of my thoughts thoughts i can't speak thoughts and feelings um, around certain topics and also things that will come up in the week, um, trends, topics and things that I've covered with people I work with, the patients that I work with online um, and now some of the people and um, private clients I'm getting to see um, in London again. So today I'm just going to explore, hopefully for the next eight minutes, so stay with me, uh, some factors around appetite regulation. So let's get stuck in. So firstly, we're going to look at the environmental and uh, psychological factors. So This list I'm going to go through, it's not obviously complete. There's a few things in each section and um, hopefully you find something useful, something might resonate with you. It's a quick look and I'll leave more details on everything that I'm talking about in the show notes. So. There's been a sharp increase in production of higher palatable foods. So the industrialization of food, basically, lovely people, ultra processed foods. There's foods that um, make us basically want more and more and more in our environment. So this modern food environment uh, promotes an appetite response to also potentially uh, reward ourselves as well. So I know, especially if I come back uh, after work on. I don't know, a Thursday or a Friday, and we're coming in, we've got something for dinner, say tonight, it's going to be steak and and some potatoes and things like that too but Brian and I might say oh look it's Friday let's open a bag of crisps let's have some hummus let's have some wine etc etc um, it's it's more of a reward using some of those hyper palatable foods that are easy that are accessible that are high energy that are tasty um, rather than actually needing them they're kind of there in our environment and they work around a kind of reward system so the food availability, portion size, variety um, and just the continued presence in our environment of food cues. so things on social media especially when i'm walking around london things are you know bus stops and advertisements um, things i'll listen to podcasts that are sponsored by food companies and food products so there's a few things to consider around there. Um, also, just the presence of new foods and an increased desire to, to eat, um, especially when we might be satisfied, uh, sufficiently satisfied, but we're trying new flavours and we're trying new foods because they're just popping up in our environment. So I found an interesting stat. The, the average supermarket has 30,000 food items and roughly over 12,000 new food items um, are on our shelves annually. So think about the cues to new foods, to new flavours, um, not necessarily reaching palate fatigue. So that's where I might eat something savoury, then I may, might eat something sweet because it's in my environment and I'm not necessarily feeling full. So from an environmental standpoint, um, we, we might not be um, getting as full, You know, reaching satiety, levels of satiety due to these higher palatable foods around our modern food environment thinking about a reward system you know rewarding ourselves rather than need Um, and then the other side of things just the food cues the, the huge variety of food and things like that around us so if we flip into the psychological factors this is a big area but let's just touch on a few now negative moods associated with increased energy intake. So that means overall um, amount of food. So the total amount of food in the day. So negative moods may increase that. Um, Stress can affect appetite regulation. Um, so, giving you another example, um, say for example, um, I'm at work and I've got this new role where I'm assessing people's fitness and body composition. Sometimes I get in at maybe seven in the morning. We're doing appointments, it's new. I've got skills to learn um, and master. I'm speaking with people from a customer service point of view, and I get to two or three o'clock and I haven't eaten. I've had coffee, I've maybe had water, but that level of stress has actually suppressed my appetite. That can go the other way with people. We know depressive disorders; they can uh, basically influence people's appetite regulation. Some may lose their appetite, some may gain their appetite. So, there's you know negative mood associated with increased energy intake. Stress um, can affect appetite regulation, and we know depressive disorders and things too, but not always increase. Sometimes decreasing um, intake overall intake and a loss of appetite. Um, the next section the physiological side of things so this is an incredibly dense area i'm not going to pretend that i know everything about it of course i don't i'm literally just putting a couple of touch points in here most of this stuff i have to read i don't know by memory um i have to work things out slowly as i go but to break things down we have this gut brain access the gut communicates with the brain the GI tract basically produces oh, 30 hormones that function to digest and absorb nutrients and um, secrete other hormones that mediate our hunger and our satiety. So a few you might have heard of, ghrelin, uh, another few called GLP-1, PYY, uh, CCK. They're very complicated. You know, I'm, I'm not able to talk you through um, everything that they do today in this short show. I'm not even going to pretend to know about the interconnectivity, the processes behind them all. But there's some interesting things going on when we're eating food, the hormonal response, and then when uh, the gut is then speaking to the brain and how things change in there. So it's that kind of hormonal milieu. The final section is the overall diet composition. So if we're thinking about someone's diet, the overall energy intake, so the total amount of food. The total amount of calories in the day and then the nutrients uh, from foods from beverages so the types of foods and drinks that you're eating lovely people and drinking So we know that protein-rich foods they seem to be superior in terms of suppressing hung hormones and stimulating satiety. Um, So to a to a greater degree basically than than fat-rich foods and carbohydrate-rich foods. So that's a really interesting point, something to take away, reflect on in your own diet. Um, Are you making sure if you're wanting to regulate appetite, feel fuller for longer, are you putting a good quality protein source on the plate at each main meal and and each snack? I find that of things fascinating Um, and the final section the body composition side of things so the fat mass that we hold and our fat free mass so everything else um, our skeleton our muscle brain liver etc so our fat mass and our fat free mass actually communicates um, with the brain and and other organs which is is amazing so to briefly touch on things um, from a fat mass point of view, leptin, um, a hormone that's basically re- released to, to suppress appetite. The fascinating thing is that um, it's seen as some people who have higher amounts of fat mass, um, leptin resistance can basically occur. So in essence, excessive weight gain Um, can mean leptin resistance, which means the the brain, it does not trigger um, as efficiently the the mechanisms that um, make us feel fuller for longer. So some people who have higher levels of fat mass might not reach satiety um, as often as people who are leaner have less fat because of of the changes in the hormonal regulation and, and the way we're sensitive to a certain hormone like leptin, so we're not feeling fuller for longer. That, that stuff is absolutely incredible. So we're coming up to 10 minutes. I promise it's always going to be a quick and easy 10 minute show. We've gone around appetite regulation from uh, a quick touch on the environmental side of things. The psychological side of things the physiological side of things um, the diet composition side of things and the body comp side of things so if you like the show please share it with someone if there's any areas you want me to expand on please get in contact and i'll leave relevant information um, in the show notes one thing i did want to mention around processed foods obviously so many of our foods are processed and that's not necessarily uh, a bad thing and I'll basically pop a, a link to the ultra processed food list because there's a different groups there's a different groups there's a different system um to to group our processed foods so for example unprocessed minimally processed foods can be our vegetables our rice legumes you know beans peas chickpeas lentils all those kinds of things all the way up to group 4 which would be to ready to eat products um our, our sugar sweetened beverages our baked goods all those kind of things so when i say processed foods processed foods aren't always necessarily bad there's obviously a, a degree of processing the majority of the foods that we eat so definitely check out that link um and yeah have a great week thanks for listening hope you found something useful and i'll talk to you soon